With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there, buddy. Don't forget, there's plenty of Last Podcast Network merch available over on lastpodcastmerch.com. We got shirts for all of your favorite shows like... Wizard of the Bruiser and Page 7 and No Dogs in Space and of course plenty of stuff for Last Podcast on the left. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com Thank you. Coming down the aisle it's time to fart. It's out of here! It's, it's a miracle! The impossible has happened! Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with... Katie Dirks. How you doing, Katie? I'm <sighs> good. S- sounds great. <laughs> Katie is busy. She's working. She has a lot of different Hollywood jobs. She can't talk about them, but she's very busy. She's drowning in work. And I am just proud of you for having so much work, Katie. And I'm proud of you for everything that you do. So it'll be nice when you have your pina coladas on the beach after you collected all this money you're earning right now. Look, here's the thing. When it rains, it pours. You complain about work when you don't have it. And then you complain about work when you do have it. So I'm just happy to be working. I'm happy to be Mm -hmm. complaining about work. I love it. It's been a long year. And no matter what, Katie will complain, which is so exciting. <laughs> we're going to talk, talk a little bit later about what's going on with Steph Curry. He had a 10-game streak where he was just simply on fire. Steph Curry is probably the greatest shooter in the history of the NBA. So we'll play a few highlights from Steph Curry's year. He is back. Anyone who thought he was over is wrong. Steph Curry looking better than ever before. But before we get to that, we have got to talk about the massive exodus once again in the WWE. It seems about this time last year we were discussing WWE releasing a series of talented wrestlers due to covid and now they are releasing a series of talented wrestlers due to budget cuts again they are making more money than they ever have before however the silver lining here if i am any of the people i'm about to talk about regarding them leaving wwe i would almost be happy so let's go through the list of people that the wwe has released therefore allowing them to uh, sniff around other companies. Number one is Billy Kay. I was very surprised that Billy Kay was cut after her performance this past uh, year at WrestleMania. She was so funny. Of course, she was in the tag team turmoil match. She was over. I love the granny panties. I thought her character was coming together. And I was a little bit surprised that they asked her during a time where it seems like they were kind of giving her a push. Yeah, I think I the thing with her is that I'm well, I'm shocked. I was shocked. I was shocked for Billy Kay. Yeah. I was less shocked about Peyton Royce because if Billy Kay is going to go, Peyton Royce is going to go. Right. Right. Of course, the iconics. The, and like, I don't I mean, I guess I, I, I wish I could understand why they broke up the iconics because at, they were a legitimate tag team. Yep. They were brought up as a tag team and then they split them up to do nothing with them. So I don't know how much foresight was behind that breakup other than a quick maybe. I don't even know if they were big enough to get a rate. Like, it's not like you broke up the New Day. They broke up the Iconics, which were like a mid-card uh, tag team 
that were really fun and funny. And I thought they were great heels and they're really talented wrestlers. And I can't say enough good things about yeah. them. They were like, they were kind of the first class of NXT to come up post women's evolution. Right, right. In WWE. And it's just, I don't know. I saw them in like fun, humble brag. I saw them in a gymnasium at NXT for $5. And it was so much fun. And we thought they were so funny. Yeah. They're just great character workers. And Katie, I do have to say that is the definition of a humble brag because you just bragged that you saw somebody in a gym for $5. I saw them before they were cool. I don't know if you know. It might be the most humble brag of all brags because it's quite a humble experience in itself. Billy (laughs) Kay. So stupid. I am with you. I am surprised they got rid of her. I really thought they were going to do something with her. She is one of the people as we go through this list that I actually think this must really burn. She's kind of got to be smarting over this because uh, she had something going in the WWE. Not all the names on the list that we're going to talk about had something going. So if I were them, I would be happy that I could go to a different promotion and maybe get some in-ring time on television, which is obviously your goal in order to increase your brand recognition. Billy Kay had that. She was on television. She had a spotlight on her during WrestleMania. She's been cutting great promos. Kind of comes out of nowhere. If I was her, I'd take it with a massive grain of salt. But I'm not Mm -hmm. sure why she made this list of people who were axed. Also, how much were they paying her? I can't imagine. I mean, that could be it. Were they breaking the books with her? I don't I mean, I don't they, think they were breaking the books by any means, but I have no idea. She couldn't have been making. She's not making that much money. It can't be. That's what I'm saying. Just for the amount of talent, for the amount of uh, personality that she provided. I really think that she was worth it. Also, we haven't seen her over in front of a crowd yet. I think she would have done great in front of a crowd with this new personality, with kind of the funny, goofy gimmick. But to your point that you've been making for a long time, Katie, is this a sign that the WWE is going to go less personality based with their female talent, more diva based? Is that mm-hmm. what the WWE is trying to say here? Because Billy Kay was one of the few, obviously physically a beautiful person, but she presented herself in a antithetical mm-hmm. to your old school kind of diva performances. She really was trying to kind of like cut against the grain. Yeah. And maybe that was something the WWE isn't looking for right now. Although I would push back on that and say that's what the audience wants right now. I would argue that there seems to be an internal struggle between optics when it comes to the women's division, right? You look at Raw and you have your top of the line, you're above the liners, right? Your Charlotte Flairs, your Oscars, your. Charlotte's um, been suspended. And Charlotte's been suspended. Air quotes. Uh, and you have your above the line superstars, right? And then you have this like big gray area of women's wrestlers, female wrestlers that are are kind of in this weird pool, uh, this weird struggle between being badass wrestlers and being right. allowed to develop more complex characters right. and your fitness models turned wrestlers, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with, but do kind of lend to the Divas era. And then you look at NXT and it's all one-sided. Like most of, I would say, predominantly the women's division in NXT are former indie wrestlers that have mm-hmm. come up through the circuit or former MMA fighters that have been turned wrestlers. Like they come from a more of a combat background, right. whether it's indie wrestling or actual combat fighting. So I just think it's interesting. Progress isn't a straight line, right? So it's a weird struggle, it seems like right now. You know, it's funny because there is a fluidity between NXT and WWE Raw and SmackDown. Obviously, as we've seen with Ember Moon, Ember now back on NXT and excelling mm-hmm. once again in WWE proper. They didn't really know what to do with her. And she went back to a place that I think works on character and personality much better uh, in NXT than WWE proper. If yeah. you're Billy Kay, I could have seen her make that move to NXT. I wonder if some of the new talent, Rhea Ripley, uh, specifically, Raquel Gonzalez is most likely going to be called up sooner than later uh, because Vince still loves him. He likes him big and strong. I just, Billy Kay, she could have done some cool stuff in NXT. She's a great worker. She's got a great character. She's got a great voice. 
And I'm surprised they weren't able to find a role for her. Speaking of roles, let's talk about Samoa Joe. Of course, he's a this little one chubby. This I was shocked. I was shocked about Samoa Joe. Shocked. Because he's a weapon to me. Samoa Joe, he has been a commentator for a long time. Obviously, you'll know him as his uh, for his in-ring prowess as well. Samoa Joe has been let go. But now I'm looking at Billy Kay and Samoa Joe. I could have seen Billy Kay join the announce table. I feel like her yes. personality would have been great in that role. Samoa Joe, a much, this is my humble opinion, a much better wrestler than he was a commentator. I was never sold on I him love, as a commentator. I love Samoa Joe on commentary. Really? I thought he was yeah. so, I'm just, you know, I'm from the Heenan Lawler school oh, of commentary. Okay. Keep it funny. Humble keep Brad. it tight. Keep it funny. Keep it tight. Samoa Joe. Nonetheless, he has been let go. And this is a surprise because he has been with this company for a long time. And I don't know the reason and I don't know the motivation, but we'll see what happens. He was injured for a while, so that took him out. And then while he was on injury, he joined the commentary team. Right. So I don't know the status of that injury. I'm still shocked by this, though, because he he's a talent that can be used within the company. And I think letting him go is... I don't know. I, I find WWE. I see him as an asset to the company. I see him as as an asset to wrestling. If I am, mm. if I am WWE, I think that he contributes more with the company than not. I would take. I mean, I, I hope he takes his talents elsewhere. You know what I mean? He is the one out of this whole list that I see. He better not go to that AEW and start announcing over Excalibur because I love no, Excalibur no, 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 no. and I hope well, that he no. stay stay off the mic, Mister Joe, because Excalibur has that one. No, I, no, I don't see him going to commentary. I think he was doing commentary to follow the rules and stay in the company and stuff. Can like he that. physically wrestle? I know he's technically cleared, but I'm wondering once you sit down and make a bunch of money by just talking, and then you realize you don't have to do anything super physical. Why would you ever go back into the ring and risk injury? If I'm Samoa Joe, he just had the greatest gig going. And then all of a sudden, April 15th, taken away. I mean, I look, I don't know the extent of his injury uh, or his his injury went at WWE. There's like a longer history that goes way back to like 2008 of him that had an injury. Like there's a whole other kayfabe story, but his actual injury in WWE, I don't understand the full extent of it. But I do know if I am WWE and I have a talent like Samoa Joe on my roster, I do not want him going to another company because he is the minute he cracks the mic for a promo, you can forget it. Like he is one of the best promo cutters in the business. He's up there, in my opinion, with Jericho. He's up there like he's up there. He he is so good and emotional and such a great uh, talent that the minute you let that go, I feel like you're just giving I don't know. He's just a piece of a very important puzzle that I thought that WWE would use him as an asset. But clearly so you that's want, not the case. So you think the WWE should keep Samoa Joe around because he knows too many secrets? Yes. 100 <laughs> percent. He's, hey, that's he's your thing. intel, man. Like he everyone respects Samoa Joe. He is a respected talent. He is an industry respect. The minute he went to WWE, everyone was like, what? Whoa. He's the champion road dog. Like he is weathered in the industry. He's yeah. respected in the locker room. He is a leader uh, in the business and he's so talented that I just look at that one. I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I like maybe it was a financial decision. I don't know. But whatever right. it was, I think that he that that to me is like giving over a weapon to the I feel like he'll he probably has a non-compete for X amount of months or whatever right. maybe probably six months or so probably I think a standard non-compete is six months. You know what? It's funny. You bring up a great point, And I'm thinking about Taz in uh, AEW, what Taz has been able to do with Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, mm-hmm. uh, that gang. He's really been able to utilize his mic skills. And then obviously you always have that component of like, you know, he can still kick your ass too. Yeah. When it comes to Taz, I could see a similar trajectory for Samoa Joe. If he can never go back to being a full-time performer. And again, why would you at the end of the day, once you sit long enough, you're just like, I'm going to keep doing this. I could see Samoa Joe 
in a management position, in a position where he gets a coalition together. He's the mic man. He's breaking new talent. That would work great in Impact Wrestling as we're seeing Impact and AEW work together, rising impacts, sort of standing within the wrestling world. I could see that. That's a good point. Samoa Joe in a management position, using his mic skills, bringing together, coalescing a weird contingent of badass wrestlers. He could really do something with that. So if you're AEW, you're looking at everyone who was just chopped from WWE, and there's definitely some meat on that bone. Samoa Joe still. is the one. If you, if I can take anyone off that roster, Samoa Joe is the weapon of choice. He's only 42, so it's not like he's right. past his prime. He's past, way past his prime, right? And he was concussed. This is what happened. He was concussed during a commercial shoot in WWE last year, and he wanted to come back. And then there was kind of a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He wound up on commentary, and he has remained on commentary. So when and the excuse from WWE is that it was a budgetary cut. Okay. So still, again, I still think you're giving up the gold, right? I think that you're right. I think they're setting him up for a CM Punk pipe bomb like moment. Oh my god, uh, Samoa you just gave Joe. Me chills. Yeah, as soon as Samoa Joe gets a mic and he can start spitting on what happened in WWE, whether it be kayfabe or real or a mix of both, which is what it's going to be. I think that you're right. AEW. If they have room for another mouthpiece, they should definitely look at Samoa Joe, and I'm sure they are. Well, speaking of the opposite of someone who would be a massive asset to a wrestling company, Mojo Raleigh has also been cut. I didn't know that Mojo Raleigh was still in the WWE, so when I saw he was on the cut list, I was like, wait. He's been getting a paycheck. I haven't. I've never seen him wrestle. I've never seen it happen. The only well, time I did. saw him was with Gronk. He was, yeah, he had like a short stint after Gronk. Uh, but Why was look, he I still think, there? I think. Look, I think that if Gronk didn't go back to play for the Bucks, uh, Gronk and Mojo would be tag team into this day. <laughs> oh my God, the Gronk and Rowley He's show. Friends with Gronk, he'll be fine. Of course he's going to be fine, and I have no problem with Mojo personally. Of course, I don't know the man on Instagram. He seems like a really nice dude. I'm just saying the WWE proper, I didn't even know he was still under contract because not only did they not use him, there was it was almost I, like, did they just do this as a favor to get Gronk? And once they got him, they were yes. like, all right, we got you. We, we, we used you as bait to get your friend. We had to wait a few months to make it not so obvious, but now yeah. you're going to be let loose. You're cut free, Mr. Mojo Raleigh. I don't know what his future is, but of course, um, uh, AEW or Impact or New Japan, I'm sure would be interested, but I, I he's not exactly leaving the WWE with a lot of buzz. No, Mojo, and I believe Mojo was a product, a WWE product. So was I'll, he? I'll be interesting. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what he does next. He wasn't, he didn't come up through the circuit or anything like that. From my, from what I remember. And so is there, I wonder if there's a sort of resentment then from the other people in pro wrestling, specifically people who cut their teeth on the indies or were in the MMA. So if you're trained so intensely with the WWE, if you're so sheep dipped in the recipe that the WWE uh, created to, uh, to, to, you know, in, in order to put on the matches that they want to see happen, I wonder how he'll do in a different promotion if he does end up continuing wrestling. I'm not even sure if he will, because again, I haven't seen anything from him in the ring in like forever. He was always like a bit player, a character player. Mojo was actually, uh, and he's a football, he was a WWE product, but he was a former football player signed by the one and only Green Bay Packers undrafted wow, free agent. I love Mojo Riley. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Mojo <laughs> Riley is one of the greatest professional wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling. Un what a star. Agent. Yep. Big star. If, well, if Mojo leans in to the pack attack and he comes out and he starts wearing his cheese head and he says, go pack, go. What keeps the cows in defense, defense, you get it. Then I will say, Mojo, you're my guy. All but right. until All then. Right. I don't know, Mr. Raleigh. Right now, you're just a person who has a friend in Gronk. And that's it. 
I don't know what else he does Poor for guy. wrestling. Even though, again, nothing personal. I, I think he's a great dude. I'd love to hang out with him. I just don't know what the role is in wrestling. And if you're AEW again or Impact, you're like, well, we got the pick of the litter. I wonder if Mojo is going to be uh, the little dog left out or if he's included in the process. I hope he finds a place. If he wants to stay, I hope he finds a place. Speaking of little dogs and pit bulls, Bo Dallas is also being let go. Bo Dallas, uh, he's... This is when I was... I was also surprised about this because he's a legacy. He's a Rotunda family legacy. Rotunda family, for those that don't know, The Fiend, for example, he's a Rotunda. Fantastic last name, and I wish I was a Rotunda. Um, Of course, after COVID, I think most of us are Rotundas. Bo Dallas... (laughs) I actually think, thank you, Katie. I desperately need any kind of love. Uh, Bo Dallas is going to uh, do great. I really think he was underutilized in the WWE. A lot of people kind of poo-pooed all of his, whatever he was doing with the B team. I like Bo Dallas. I have nothing wrong with Bo Dallas. And I think that he could be a massive asset to the inner circle or, uh, you know, working with Team Taz uh, in AEW. I think that Bo has a lot of potential and a lot of upside. And I think the future is going to be really bright for him. Why not? He's he's a great young talent. And again, yeah. he's a legacy. He's a rotunda. Yeah. I'm sub- again, this is a, the other one that I saw on the list that I was like, oh, that's interesting. I, like, they all make sense in their own way, right? Like, he hasn't done a lot. He hasn't been active in a while. He's been. But at the same time. Everyone loves him. He's beloved character. He had a great gimmick when he had a gimmick. I believe he went out when he was hurt. He was like on the B team. Yes. Which was a fun. I thought it was was, fun. Yeah. It was a fun gimmick. I want to say he got hurt and then he was out. He's been out for and just never came back. Uh, So I understand why he's kind of been off TV for a while. It makes sense. But at the same time, I don't know. He's another guy that like. If he could easily reinvent himself, this is, it's not like he, it's not like, I don't know. I think he could absolutely go somewhere else. He's so talented. I'm surprised that Bray didn't bring him into any of the fiend activities. Mm. I'm surprised that, I mean, maybe they didn't want to work together. Maybe it's just totally different uh, visions or whatever it might be, but just because they're related, the family and like the Olive Garden, I think they should stay together. But nonetheless, Bo Dallas, he is gone Upside, I think, is through the roof. You underrated. And yeah. I don't know. I'm not surprised the WWE got rid of him. As a matter of fact, he's one of those, as I sort of started the conversation off with Katie, uh, talking about how some people are actually going to benefit. I think if I'm Bo Dallas, I get my pink slip. I take my time off and I look for greener pastures. They didn't use him right anyway. Mm-hmm. And he's young. He's muscular. He's great in ring. His mic skills are fun. I could see him being a great asset to any faction. So if I'm Bo, I say thank you for everything, WWE. But it's off to be a star. And I think that Bo has true star quality. Maybe I'm way off. Maybe everyone doesn't see it the way that I see it. But I really liked him. And I think he's charming. He's got good mic skills. And if you look at like the AEW product, Someone like a Bo Dallas with a chip on their shoulder, he mm-hmm. could do well. He could do yeah. well. I could see Bo Dallas and Ricky Starks, for example, in a tag team. Oh, my God. That would be so fun. I could totally see it as long as Ricky Starks doesn't kill himself. Because, my Jesus God, Christ. this past AEW Dynamite, Ricky Starks, he took a um, suplex and damn near landed on top of his head. That was scary. Which is not where you're supposed to land. You're going to want to land on the shoulders. It's two things. First, I for Bo Dallas was with WWE for 13 years. Whoa. Like that's. He well, requested why? time off so and he requested they... time off in December of 2019. And he, he hasn't been on TV since. So 13 years, 13 years. I'm thinking like 13 years. Yeah. The WWE really does just keep a stable, huh? They mm-hmm. keep a stable of people they pay so others can't have them. Yeah. If I'm Bo, 13 years, yeah. 
It's a it's a magical number. That's but it's family though, man. He's a WWE legacy. That's family. Everyone in that company knows his family. He's probably been brought up, raised with half the people that that, that are still at the company. Like yeah, I, that's like that's to me. It's like <sighs> if if uh, if Natalia wanted time off and then just went away and they released her. That's it's not to. I mean, it's close to that. In my yeah. opinion. And of course, Natalia has been with the WWE for a long time as well. Yeah, he's a WWE uh, lifer. And the most famous rotunda, other than Bray, of course, is IRS, the uh, fantastic tax collector character. I believe that's Bo's father, right? I think so, yeah. I think so. All right, let's go. We got Mickey James. She's out of there. Uh, Mickey James, another. She'll be back. She'll be back. She's a legend at this point. I think, what, has she been wrestling for 25 years? Like, it's amazing. She'll be back. She got the women's division up and running. She'll be back. (laughs) Chelsea Green, future is bright. She's young. I'm sure she'll end up somewhere. I will say, I feel like she got the short end of a stick because she was picked up, I think, last year or the year before, pre-COVID, and she broke her arm. And she was out for a long time. And then they dropped her. She never really got a full comeback. Right. She like inched her way back in and then she went away and then she got cut. And this one, she, I th- again, she's another weapon that I think could be used in any women's division. Came up through the Indies, was a badass in the Indies. Yeah. She's in a relationship with like Zack Ryder. Ooh, uh, Zack Ryder. He's a hunk. And but he did a dance. He did a short dance or is doing the dance with AEW right now. So I feel like she would be great on the AEW women's roster. How much do you think that changes things? We're talking about relationships. And of course, I I, I think of uh, John Moxley and uh, and Renee. It looks like Renee is going to be going to AEW. I'm not sure you either think? way. She's not in Wait, the WWE. When did that happen? Well, that's what I would speculate. She's out of the WWE. I think she left WWE to go yeah, be with did. Mox. So why wouldn't she? Well, she started as a sports commentator in Canada. So she's always done sports and then she landed in wrestling. So she's not, I wouldn't necessarily say she's a wrestling. She could. I wish she would have stayed with WWE because they had a woman on the commentating team on their major broadcast and now they don't, but it's fine. It's not her responsibility. She, I don't think, you know, it's just I am I uh, I'm someone who loves the spoken word and I feel like the commentary could use a spice up and she might just be teams. that spice. Yeah, I don't like the commentary teams right now. I I'm like not even Samoa Joe. Anyone. I like Samoa Joe on it. I just think maybe, uh, you know, but I guess Where's the jokes. A lot of marks like us have that same opinion. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like the commentary team used to be such a asset to their in ring action and if you watch AEW, there's something about Shivani and JR and Excalibur. Excalibur is so good. He's so good. Any hoot. Uh, so we will see what happens with Chelsea Green. She's going to land on her feet, I am sure. And uh, she'll be in some some ring at some point. Yeah. All right. We also have Callisto who was gone. Someone totally underutilized. If AEW doesn't pick him up, I think they are insane because he is fantastic. He was injured uh, apparently as well, but if he is healthy, if he is at full strength, Callisto can put on some five-star freaking matches. The dude's a badass. And I would love to see him in the uh, slightly smaller world of AEW going against someone like, you know, not even necessarily a Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, you know, just that kind of like 180 to 220 pound group of people that have an AEW hangman page in Kalisto. I think that he is going to be great at some point. And then just, of course, Peyton Royce. And then lastly, my man, your boy, my Wisconsin tall, Thin yet kind of fat guy. Tucker. I have to give you credit. You called this one. You called this one the minute they stopped using him. What last year at Money in the Bank? You called it. It was all gone. The number 10. It was Tucker and Otis. Now it's just zero. Otis is the only one left in the WWE out of that tag team. Tucker needs more love. He's six foot seven. The guy can move as we saw from Elimination Chamber. His performance in that match. I want to see him succeed, and I really hope he gets a chance somewhere. I don't see why he wouldn't. He's big. He's athletic. 
I his mic skills they they're good. He it just he's another one. Okay, Mojo Rawley and Tucker come out as the cheese heads. And they are like the Bears, but with the Packers. And then they're like a fun tag team and they win all the time. That's an idea. All right. That is an idea that I had. Okay. I mean, it is definitely an idea that you had. You definitely had that idea. And maybe they could win all the time. And then maybe they could win all the time. Yeah. Sure. I love it. Why not? So there you go. That's the list of, uh, of talent that was chopped from the WWE. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking for some. If you're, again, Tucker, uh, Bo Dallas, there's a lot of people who I think, Chelsea Green, I think there's a lot of potential as well when you are no longer uh, a kept man or woman in the WWE. Samoa is the one that I'm uh, I'm most shocked about. It's just a little bit bizarre, though. How would you feel if you were just in the stable if you're never being used, and of course there's no indie shows, there's no house shows right now. Yeah. I guess you're just sitting on your ass collecting a paycheck. But at the end of the day, these are artists. And if they can't perform their art, a paycheck is only a paycheck. I mean, it's cool to get some money, but I'm sure they want to explore their in-ring abilities a bit more. And I want to see what they can do. And they so, should be allowed to. Absolutely. Well, after they put so much freaking work in, I would love to see what they can do in different promotions. Well, speaking of different promotions, AEW, 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 they're finally starting to announce some matches that will be at or on their blood and guts episode of Dynamite. <laughs> I love the I'll term. I'll tell you blood. what, that promo, everyone at AEW is it like, it just cuts the best promos. There's two promos on this most recent episode of Dynamite. That got me. Or one was like a segment. But Jericho, of course, mm-hmm. every time. Every so time good. he cracks the mic, he's just a star. Just the goat. I love that Jericho playing with Sammy Guevara is great. Even Jack Hager had kind so of a funny, funny sentence, which was amazing. Which is shocking because he's, you know, an MMA fighter. <laughs> you just don't like him because you didn't <laughs> like his Tea Party character, but he was supposed to not be liked, Katie. So technically he did too good of a job. Let's with- just say it didn't age well at all. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to. He was a heel. He wasn't. When he was working with Dutch they Mantel. They would have absolutely stormed the Capitol. I, that's the whole point of the character, Katie. You just, I mean, honestly, you're letting kayfabe get in the way of I perhaps am. Mr. Jake Hager is a wonderful man. Maybe he's a sweet man. I don't know. Uh, or maybe he is that character in real life. I have no idea. But either way, Katie, you just don't like him because of a role that he played, which is like going up to Keanu Reeves and just being like, you're not a real time traveler and your name is hardly Ted or Bill. I actually don't know which one he is in that show, <laughs> Bill and Ted. But nonetheless. All I'm saying is the, the two segments were uh, Jericho and the bus, the the uh, Moxley and Eddie Kingston uh, ramming their truck into the bus. That was fantastic. I and love this. I love that story. Great story. Of course, Mox and Eddie Kingston working together. They seem like legitimate friends. They're super funny together because they're both just trying to do massive acts of violence. And you would be surprised how funny crime can be. Because they really are just like, because it's a series of goofball stuff happening. And yes, if you did it in real life, it's felonious. But in the world of wrestling, it's just friends trying to figure out how to bully people together. And isn't that one of the most bonding things you can do with the buddy? Doesn't that bring everyone together? I love everything Kenny Omega is doing. The young bucks right now are in this sort of like. They're kind of leaning into this sold out, almost reminds me of Wayne's World when they're all dressed in Reebok gear and they're like Nuprin, little, yellow. I love what the Young Bucks are doing. They're leaning into this brand. They're being great heels. Everything that Don Callis has his fingers in right now, it's coming up roses. The Good Brothers are back. Mm -hmm. I love what's going on with Omega the good bros, oh. and of course, the uh, the Jackson brothers. I know that people weren't like, because the initial push was like the Bullet Club reunited, using air quotes. Most of the Bullet Clubs reunited. And yes. I know that like a bunch of deep marks were like, who no one cares about the Bullet Club anymore. That was Japan. And that was, you know, 
10 years ago. But the thing about the Bullet Club, it wasn't the Bullet Club that made them great. They yeah. made the Bullet Club great. Right. It was their of personalities. Yes. It was their it, it was their intertwined storylines. So I'm less interested in seeing Bullet Club storylines. Yeah, but sure. Whatever. Seeing them together as a group. These are some of the best storytellers in the business. And you have the best, arguably the best technical wrestler in the world cutting promos every single Wednesday night and being involved in a, a long running storyline. And you're now starting to see him come into that like phase two of AEW where it's like we are we're here and we have superstar talent to keep us here and that I think is the really fun thing about the Bullet Club being reunited is seeing these guys work together again and and develop new storylines and develop new new aspects of their characters like that's the fun part and if you're upset that they're called the Bullet Club, just change it in your head. I do that all the time. You would be amazed how many things I just change in my head to make it appropriate for me. And I'm just like, <laughs> you just do whatever you're doing. And this is why I like it, because I've changed everything about it. Just yeah. because there's nothing that they're doing that isn't. And I'm going to use this word. Perfect. Mm. They are perfect mm. right now. The inner circle and the elite are both perfect wrestling factions kenny omega and jericho being the voice of both with the minions that follow even though it's more much more lateral uh as far as like success than something like the ministry of darkness where it's undertaker yeah and then viscera and basically just his friends who he's just like just come and be meat in the ring for me every yeah. single person in both of these factions can wrestle and i cannot wait the first match that has been booked for blood and guts is a match the inner circle versus the elite and that match will be on may 5th that'll be the may 5th edition of aew dynamite that's what they've begun very fun with and i am like here for it i think it's fantastic and the inner circle and the elite are going to go after each other in a way that we have never seen before it's gonna be so fun. And I love that they're taking uh just a snide comment from Vince McMahon being like, that's a blood and gut show. And they're like, yeah, god damn it, you're right. We are a blood and gut show. Yes, it is. And of course, Vince McMahon has recently said that he wants to step down as creative control for the wwe apparently that's going to be happening at some point soon but again katie and i will believe it when we see it have you heard that news katie i haven't heard that news yeah so the rumor mill is that vince he no longer wants to do television interviews Uh, and as we saw when it comes to the undertaker the 30th you know anniversary of his fantastic career but that was probably the last time we'll ever see vince in a ring on a national stage holding a microphone and speaking into it. And you could tell that age is real. And if Father Time can even beat Vince McMahon, what chance do we have? But it won't just be a normal match, Katie. I'm actually super jazzed with this. I don't love gimmick matches. I think that Vince Russo ruined gimmick matches for a good 25 years because he put everything on a pole and he did everything, whatever. Buff Bagel's mom on a freaking forklift. Vince Russo ruined gimmicks, but this match, I love the way that they're setting it up. Again, this will be the match with the inner circle versus the elite. It's going to feature two rings inside of one covered cage and two men enter the cage for one five minute round. Then every two minutes, another wrestler enters the cage. It's a bit like war games. This has Chris Jericho written all over it. This has got to be some development from his weird brain. The only way the team wins the match is determined by making any opponent submit or surrender. There are no pinfalls, no countouts, and you can't escape the cage. Yeah. This is going to be bloody. You're going to die in there. They're going to die. They, someone better die in there, and I better see blood. And, you know, they say blood and guts like it's a euphemism. Guts. I want guts. I want to see, I want to see like the movie Machete, Machete, when he grabs the guy's intestines <laughs> and flies through the window and then swings down and goes yeah. through the window beneath. I want to see actual guts. That's the one thing when they're like, it's blood and guts. I don't see any brain matter. I don't see I any guts. I want to see eyeballs in the ring. I want to see guts. And I definitely need to see blood. Otherwise, I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this year. 
Dave Meltzer, he has noted in the Wrestling Observer that the show on May 5th will be built around the Blood and Guts match, and it's looking like there could be only one match on the show due to the format of this gimmicked bout. However, he did note that AEW may add some taped matches to the broadcast. This is what he had to say. He says, by the way, did you know the Blood and Guts is going to be like this super long match? I think it's a one-match show. Like, that's going to be the only match. There might be some tape stuff, but I was told it would be one live match, and there might be some tape matches thrown in there, a bunch of features and everything, but they're building the whole show around one match. It's a two-hour show, so the match is going to be very long. What do you think about that? I just want to know if Dave Melter thinks it's going to be one match. I think he thinks it's going to be one match because he repeated the same sentence. That was a full quote. It's the same sentence over and over again in slightly different verbiage because that's Dave Meltzer. And that's like when you're a kid and you had to write a hundred word letter about what you did during Christmas vacation. And it's just like, (laughs) I was very, 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 very happy. And then they're like, very, you said it six times. I'm like, well, that's technically six different words, but they didn't count it. And then I would get in trouble. That's very similar to what Dave Meltzer just did there. It seems like it's going to be one match. I genuinely like Dave Meltzer, but he he is certainly he's a talker, which makes sense because he's he's a, he's a podcaster. He's a very successful wrestling guy. Absolutely. And of course, Dave Meltzer, my heart on a regular basis. He is a fantastic, fantastic uh, wrestling reporter. And over the years, he has been a net positive to professional that, wrestling. Absolutely. I will give him that. I do absolutely. think that. And he's not, the thing with Meltzer he, is he's not like, he's not negative and snide to be like negative and snide. He calls it like he sees it. And he's, he's definitely willing give to give him, praise for sure. Yeah. I'll give him credit where credit is due. I know a lot of people are, you know, they're on the, the if you know who Dave Meltzer is and you follow him, uh, a lot of people are very opinionated with him. But hey, spoiler alert that everyone's opinionated in wrestling. So absolutely. And you know whatever. what? And the thing is, he's not just negative to be negative like Jim Cornette. I wish that Jim Cornette wasn't such a sniveling bitch because I think he's got <laughs> he's got so much great stuff to offer. You know, like Jim no, Cornette is a legend. He's just such an asshole. He just doesn't like anybody. And I'm like, bro, it's just because you got he's, old and you don't know these people as well as you knew the other ones. But I promise you, there's a lot of great content out there. Cornette is just one of those guys where you hang out with for one time. You leave the conversation. You don't feel any better. You might pick up a few tidbits of information, but that's all you need to do. Hang out with the guy one time. If you hang out with him too much, you're just going to start being a sniveling asshole like he is. I would consider Jim Cornette a negative to the industry, whereas... At this point, he is, which is sad. Yeah, it's... I mean, it is sad. But he's another guy that just... He's another one of the old school guys that thinks that it was better back in his day. And, you know, can rattle off every statistic in the book and call every match that he's ever seen, which is great. Okay, wonderful. You're an encyclopedia of knowledge. But at the same time... He just is. Uh, I could go off. I'm not going to go know. off on he, him. It's yeah. fine. Well, he's just he's just negative. Even. He's a dick. He's just he's a, a dick. dick. If you want to live difference. the gimmick, live the gimmick. But whatever, dude. It's twenty fucking twenty two, twenty one. <laughs> I don't even know what year it is. I don't know what year it is either. I twenty twenty is completely gone. By the way, like as far as like I don't know what happened. I met with somebody in twenty nineteen in July, and my buddy was like, "So when did you see uh, Joel last?" And I was like, five months ago." Because I don't no. count in 2020. So Time it was a year and matter. five months ago, but I cut 2020 out of all. i like, when did I see you last? If it was 2019, I'm just going to say five months ago. Because 2020 yeah. never happened. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, I'm done thinking about that year. But what do you think about one match, one two-hour match? I've never heard anything like it. And if anyone can carry it, it's Jericho, Hager, Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Versus Omega, uh, Hangman Page, Cody, and the Young Bucks. Uh, And then, of course, you will also have the pinnacle MJF, FTR, uh, Wardlow, and Sean Spears. So you're going to actually have a bunch of uh, different moving parts. Two-hour match. Sounds like it could go absolutely horribly if it does. But uh, also, if it goes great, it could be awesome. I think it'll be an hour-long match. Uh, I think that... The thing that's really fun about AEW is that they are not confined to the rules of WWE. 
they can do whatever they want. They have access to do, they have the money and access to do whatever they want. So if they want to shoot an hour long match at Daly's place, by all means, there's also a world where they do like, there's so much that they could do that. I'm excited. Like this could be like stadium stampede all over again, where it's just like so out of the box. It's so fun. It's so fucking weird. It's funny. Uh, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be, I think it's a great, uh, it's just fun. It's just a fun it is thing. Fun. And it's airing on, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is airing on a Wednesday night. It's this on is broadcast. a Wednesday night. Yeah. This is straight yeah. up TNT. It's going to be better than many, many pay-per-views. Yeah. So they can do taped matches. It'll be like, it's fine. Speaking of stadium stampedes, oh. I just watched, uh, did you know Michael Jackson? Uh, he was a very famous Who? performer. Michael Jackson. He was oh, a very okay. pa- famous performer. I just watched on YouTube. Uh, apparently his fans were so rapid. They they trampled all over each other. I think it was in China. I don't even know why I got onto this, but a bunch of people died. So be very careful out there if you're going to go see Michael perform. Okay. Uh, also in news, <laughs> in the wrestling news, did you see that T-Bar and Mace were unmasked? I, I heard. I heard. <laughs> Isn't that something? Dominic Dijakovic and Dio Madden, uh, that was Mace and T-Bar, they were unmasked on WWE Monday Night Raw, and Drew McIntyre is the one who unmasked them. If you are these two guys, thank, thank your ever-living Lord that they no longer have to wear the rejected Bane costume. Yeah, I I felt bad. I felt bad for them. And they're good, they're the, good wrestlers. Great, I will say, what a, what a, I mean, what a, I'm going to say you use the word creative, but also, uh, what an obvious answer to uh, killing off T-Bar is just, just unmask him. Unmask him. <laughs> like, I will say this, I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> I would have just been like, well, I guess we can't use that guy anymore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Drew McIntyre, thank you for everything you've done, Drew. That was the nicest thing. uh, Donovan's career. Oh, T Bar (laughs) and Mace. God, some people just need to get. That was literally, there's no possible way. There's no possible way that that was vetted uh, internally. That was a half assed idea that somebody pitched and nobody caught before it went to air. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. But somebody caught it. Because they had a whole bunch of costume. They had a whole bunch of pyro. They had intros. I don't know. Anyway, so we'll see what happens with T-Bar and Mace going forward. For them personally, I really hope they can shed that horrible gimmick that uh, didn't do them any favors. But again, in the world of pro wrestling, I just watched the biography of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And of course, he came to the WWE as the ringmaster. He's like, this gimmick freaking sucks. But... I'm going to do the best I can with it. Same thing with Dr. Isaac Yankum. It's like the gimmick sucks. Let me do the best I can with it. And if you're T-Bar and Mace, I can't say that they didn't try to do the best they could with it. I just, they didn't have a lot. You can make a beautiful statue, but if you replace clay with human shit, it's still a shit statue. And that's kind of exactly, it's like they tried, but anywho. They did their best. Well, speaking of trying, EC3 is trying to get uh, healthy. Apparently EC3 the man who has been, what a weird, he came to my attention about 18 months ago when the WWE was doing promos. Maybe it was even longer than that. Oh, my God, that may have been two years ago when they were doing promos for EC3. And then he went away. I think he wrestled one match. And now apparently he is in the hospital. So we're thinking about him. Uh, apparently he had an infection that got way out of control. He's been hospitalized for five days. Is going to have to be there longer. Um, so just be careful, I guess, if you have an infection, uh, go to the doctor, I suppose, because EC3, man, that guy has, don't you think it's been it's a good tough He's road. one of the good ones. He is one of the good ones, but it's been a tough road for him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do match from the past. Speaking of tough roads, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, this match, it's a hidden gem. 
even though it shouldn't be that hidden, but it's the three stages of hell match from Armageddon 2002. Shawn Michaels had retired at this point and Vince called him and was like, hey, man, we got some more work for you. Horrible Vince impression. And Sean said, "Okay, I'll do more work. Horrible Sean impression. And that work was working with Triple H in a three stages of hell match. So it starts off with a street fight, turns into a cage match, and then ends in a ladder match, which is awesome. This is fantastic. Of course, Triple H and Shawn Michaels being very close in real life, you know they are going to steal the show and put Mm -hmm. on as great of a performance as they can. And they did. So this is from Armageddon 2002. This is Triple H versus Shawn Michaels in a three stages of hell match. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I think you'll love it. Also, it's on Peacock and Peacock is doing better. They have my programs. And so I I've been talking with Jerry. I said stories. They have more of my stories. Although I did say I signed up for five dollars a month. And then you know what? They have commercials still. Well, and I said, what am I paying my hard earned five dollars a month for? And so then I gave him $10 a month and now I no longer have to see commercials. Well, you were paying $10 a month for the WWE Network anyway. Yeah. And now I get all those monk episodes that I love. So yeah, much. now you're $10 a month for all of your wrestling and all of your monk episodes. So oh. really, you're getting a little more bang for your buck. Do you remember when on that show Friends, they got the duck? They don't have the Friends episodes. <laughs> They don't the have friends, friends on Peacock. No, the friends what? it's like a huge industry controversy. Friends what? all the friends episodes are on HBO Max because what? Uh, because they're because I'm so mad again. I'm not even a friends fan. I, I obviously didn't know they didn't have it. But if I got what? It's called Central yes, Perk like is whole, the name of the damn coffee shop. The whole thing is about peacocks. No, I know, but the whole so Friends was originally owned and produced by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers owns HBO Max. But it was broadcast on NBC. So when NBC started their streaming service, Warner Brothers said, ah, 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 that's ours. We're going to take it off Netflix and we're going to put it on our streaming service because no one's buying either of them. Ross and Rachel get together at the end. That's all you have to know. Spoiler and alert. nobody cares. Oh, Monica used to be fat and now she's not. And um, mm, what else? Someone knows it- a lot about friends. My For friends like forced friends. me to watch it. And oh, okay. also um, Chandler Bing is fun. And um, Joey, he uh, never makes it as an actor. Oh, he doesn't? Does he? I think he does. I mean, I don't I don't know every episode, but I think there's a there's got to be a happy ending, right? He has to get he was done Days of Our Lives. Oh, that's like a working actor. Everybody wants to be on Days of Our Lives. That show goes on forever. Maybe he is a working actor. All I My remember. My old boss has been on that show since she was 15 years old. No kidding. Yeah. 
Was she the duck wrangler? No, her name's Allison Sweeney. She plays Sammy. Oh, I love her. She's I really the best. do. Um, I remember my teacher in high school. Uh, I forget what his problem was. Maybe he said that show Friends. You know how expensive living in New York is. That show Friends isn't real. And if you ever Valid go to New point. York, you're never going to make it. He told the whole class that. But I was like, that's a, yeah, it's a TV show. Number one. And number two, do you have any idea how many idiots live in New York? I think I could handle it. You'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine in New York. But also uh, that apartment did not match their income, their reported income. Well, New York used to be a lot more affordable. That's all I'll say. Um, All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. But before I let you go, I have to talk to you a little bit about Steph Curry. Steph Curry! If you have not been following, very good, Katie. If you have not (laughs) been following Steph Curry's 2021 season, he is phenomenal. He had a few injuries these past three years. He looks younger than ever. He is playing as good, if not better, as he did during the championship era. And just check out Steph Curry. The Warriors, they're not quite a shell of themselves, but it's a much different team than it was uh, when they went, uh, I believe, to three straight winning two uh, NBA championships. But Steph Curry, he is back. He is the purest shooter. If you just love basketball and you love to hear the swoosh and you just love to see pure shooting, he is he just is the greatest of all time. So let's just play some highlights of Steph Curry. This is just, I think this is from this year. And uh, you'll just, I don't know, you'll hear the commentators be like, whoa, mom, whoa, mama. Uh, isn't that nuts? All right, everyone here, let's play uh, plays of the week. The play of the week is literally a montage of Steph Curry doing insane things. And uh, yeah, listen up. 26 for the big man. Three-point sixer lead. Curry for three. Puts it in. Steph Curry now. 11 straight games with 30 or more. Anticipate that next pass, and and Bede gets rid of it quick. Curry for three. It's good. Steph Curry with his seventh three-pointer of the night. He's got 35. Matthew Williams, 53 pointers over a six-game span. The man is flat shooting it and making it look easy, Mike Breen. Seth on Steph. Curry for three. It's good. Eight three-pointers. And the lead is four for Golden State. Mon decisively comes and makes it very difficult. Curry, another three. Bang! Steph Curry does it again. Curry magic working here in Philadelphia. Curry behind the back. Drives, pulls back, puts up a three. Bang! Nine three-pointers make it now. In the shooting zone like very few have ever been. It's lasted 11 games. All right, there it was, Steph Curry. I love him so much, and I'm ex- I am I, I want to see what he can do. Uh, if he never gets another ring, it really doesn't matter. He's already established as obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he is just proving that he is the greatest shooter of all time. And uh, yeah, anyway, so it's just fascinating. It's a once-in-a-lifetime performance, so watch him. Watch these performers while they're alive. That's what they're I crazy. always say. They're, I mean, it really is insane. And Steph Curry is one of those players who, in any era, he would have been fantastic. I know the NBA has changed a little bit. There's a few more flops, and it's a bit more of a sensitive game than it was in the 80s and 90s. Damn. But Steph Curry, okay. well, you know, you the foul. Uh, anyway, the fouling. <laughs> there's a lot of fouling. But Back Steph Curry. In my day. Well, you could actually hit. I remember when Jeff Van Gundy grabbed Alonzo Mourning's leg and was being like wiped around the floor like he was a broom. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's awesome. But, you know, it's a bit different now. All right, everyone. Well, check out everything going on in the sports world. Uh, every Thursday, don't forget, 5 p.m. PST. I play my Madden game on Twitch and I beat people. I'm. 13 and 4, I think. So I'm oh, pretty. Snap. You're like some... a gamer now, guys. I'm a gamer. I'm a gamer now. All right. Watch everyone. out. What? <laughs> yeah. Hide your cheesecake and hide all, hide your Mountain Dew. I'm coming <laughs> after it. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, 
go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.